The second reading is taken from Revelation 5. Then I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll, written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or look into it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or look into it. And one of the elders said to me, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns and with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God, from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth." Then I looked, and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders the voice of many angels, numbering myriads and myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain, to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea, and all that is in them, saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. And Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be always pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. What a beautiful day. This is great. It's always a beautiful day to worship, isn't it? Why do we worship? Why do we sing? What's the big deal? Have you ever thought about that? Why do we worship? I was in college. This is a horror story, by the way. I'm going to share a brief horror story. When I was in college, I heard one worship leader offer a a particular answer to this question. This uh, worship leader suggested that it's true when, when we worship God, it's something he asks us to do. That's true. But, you know, it also just makes us feel really good. And God wants us to be happy. So when we worship him, it's, that's great for him, but it's really it's about us. It's making us feel really good. Now, my head kind of wanted to explode <laughs> when I first heard this explanation, because when I read Revelation chapter 5, I cannot see heavenly worship at all reflecting that to be true. Heavenly worship points us to one, towards the one who is worthy. Above all and everything else, he is worthy. And though tempted we may be to make worship about any number of things, worship could be a an attempt to feel really good. Worship could be an attempt to secure some kind of sense of security or identity for ourselves. We might set our lives on something that we trust in, and we might ascribe to that worthiness or honor or glory or whatever else that looks like. Worship can look like a number of things, but Revelation chapter 5 points us to the reason why we worship. Why we worship in the sun and in the rain. Why we worship in a pandemic and why we worship 
and in the best of times and in the worst of times. Revelation chapter 5 tells us why we sing, why we worship, and it's because he is worthy. He is worthy to receive our worship. Worthy is the lamb who is slain. That's what we just sung, these words from Revelation chapter 5. This is good news for us, friends. So just as a bit of background for our passage here, Revelation, I think it's safe to say, is a very strange book. If you've ever cracked Revelation open, you've probably uh, encountered its uniqueness in many ways. It is dense. It is symbolic. It is a vivid vision that God gives John for the sake of the church. And if you've ever cracked it open and found yourself more confused coming out of it than when you went into it, you're in good company. I think a lot of people find that to be true of Revelation. It is dense. It is not some kind of code to be uh, um, figured out or, or, you know, decoded. And then it'll tell you next week's winning lottery numbers or something. Revelation is nothing of the sort. Revelation is a word from God for the sake of the church. And that word is at the end of all things, the trajectory of history is such that Jesus wins. And here we have John uh, entering into, in his vision, entering into the heavenly throne room. He's seeing the one who is seated on the throne. He's seeing the worthy one. And he's going to see the lamb seated on the throne with uh, God Almighty. But there's a problem. Did you catch that in the first couple of verses? Verses 1 to 4. There's a problem in the throne room. And it goes like this. The mighty angel announces... Or, pardon me, we see God with a scroll in his hands. It's like a king ready to release an edict. And the mighty angel says, who's worthy to unseal this scroll and who's worthy to open it? And the problem is no one is found. No one is found who's worthy to open up this scroll. Rachel and I recently had uh, someone come in to look at our fireplace, we've got not just one, but two gas fireplaces. We're really excited about that because when Rachel's reading upstairs and when I want to watch my war documentaries downstairs, we don't have to fight over who's getting the fireplace. It's very exciting for us. But when we decided to start the pile light on this, we've never had a fireplace for let alone a gas fireplace. We decided uh, we're going to, to give this a go. So we went to a little-known handyman website called YouTube. And we Googled, or pardon me, we YouTubed, how do you start a gas-lit fireplace? And just about every video we saw said something like this, be careful, because if you do this wrong, your house may explode. Every video started with this. And we sort of thought to ourselves, well, we don't really want our house to explode, so maybe it's best if we hire someone who knows what they're doing, someone who's authorized to do this, someone you could say who's worthy to do this. Here, is, here we're in the heavenly throne room. God is holding the scroll. This is God's redemptive blueprint for all of creation. That's what we're going to see unfold in the next couple of chapters. This is God's blueprint for redemption, and no one is found who's worthy to open it. No wonder John weeps and wails in verses 3 and 4. We are so close to realizing the kingdom. We are so close to seeing evil and suffering and pandemics answered by God's justice, and yet no one can be found who can open up this blueprint and move the kingdom forward. Would we not be weeping and wailing if we came so close 
and yet no one is found. You might say, well, God is God. Can he just kind of do what he wants? I mean, certainly God can do that. He's capable. But since Genesis chapter 1, since the very beginning of the Bible, God has chosen to partner partner himself with human beings. God wants to partner with humans to cultivate creation and see creation thrive and flourish. God wants to partner with human beings to do that, and God is still committed to doing this. And so God has appointed someone who is worthy, someone who's going to move his kingdom forward. We come to a problem, we see a solution in the next couple of verses. John is reassured by an elder that there is someone who's worthy. And John hears a roar of a mighty lion, but when he turns, he doesn't see a lion. What does he see? He sees a lamb. He sees a lamb that was slain. The lion is a symbol of conquering. It's a symbol of the Messiah. It's a symbol of one who's to come, who's to conquer all of the enemies of God's people, conquer sin and death. And yet when he turns, he sees a sacrificed lamb that points us to God's substitute for sin. God has answered sin by taking the sin of of the world onto this lamb and putting it to death in this lamb so that by Putting this sin to death, this lamb may indeed conquer like a lion. This lamb is worthy to open up the scroll. And we know exactly who this lamb is, don't we? We know that this lamb is Jesus, who took our sin on himself on the cross. We know that this lamb is Jesus, who's a conquering lion, who rose from the dead, who secured our place in the heavenly kingdom, who by faith we obey and pursue, and we rest assured that we will enter into his kingdom. We are invited into that very same kingdom that he has secured. That's what John is seeing. John is seeing a lamb who has secured the kingdom for our sake, and this lamb is worthy. Do you notice how all of heaven and all of creation respond? The elders, the heavenly creatures, they all respond with worthy. And then again, they sing another song, worthy. And then all the elders, all the heavenly creatures, all of creations respond by saying, all glory and honor and power and might be ascribed to the Lamb, be ascribed to this worthy one. Friends, this is why we worship. We worship not because it has anything to do with us, not because of what we have to get out of it, but because of what the Lamb has accomplished for us. This is why we worship in the rain. This is why we worship on Zoom. This is why we worship each and every day, pandemic or no, because the lamb is still worthy. We gather as ones who are gathered by the one who is worthy for us. So do you know this lamb for yourself? Do you know the lamb who was slain? Do you know the conquering lion? Do you know the one who has secured your hope from sin and death? This is Jesus who reigns on the throne who reigns over all of history and all the world. You can rest secure by placing your trust in this lamb who is worthy for your sake. And if you know this lamb, if you're following this lamb, if you are a disciple of Jesus, you might be wondering, well, what do I do next? Well, here's what I might suggest. I might suggest that we soak up his worthiness, kind of like we're soaking up the rain right now. We soak up his worthiness. When we come to him and we acknowledge just how worthy he is, how secure we are in him, I think two things happen. I think, one, we grow to a greater knowledge of ourselves as unworthy. We ourselves cannot have a hope of entering into the kingdom except for this lamb who's secured that hope for us. 
And when we come to a knowledge of ourselves as, as those who are unworthy, who, like John, weep and wail because of that, then we can confess our sin. We can receive forgiveness. We can know that this lamb has atoned for our sin because he's taken it on himself and put it to death. And we can have hope in the light of his resurrection, this conquering lion. I think another thing happens too. I think when we soak up the worthiness of the lamb who is slain, then suddenly worship becomes less and less about how we feel and more about how worthy he is. There are mornings where I say to myself, self, I do not feel like waking up early to pray. I do not feel like waking up early today and cracking open my Bible. In fact, I, f- I feel so dry on the inside. Maybe I feel angry at God. However it is that I feel, today I'm just not feeling worship. If we soak up the worthiness of this lamb, suddenly we're repostured. Worship is less about how it is that I'm made to feel and more about how worthy this lamb is. The question is not, how do I feel? The question is, is he worthy? And we know from all the worship of heaven, all the worship of creation, that this lamb is worthy. Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive honor and power and glory and might. That's true today. Saints, that's true forever. And our hope is that we too, in Christ, will be gathered into this kingdom, the kingdom of the Lamb who is slain, the worthy one. So Lord, we pray that you would work this hope in our hearts by your Holy Spirit. You are worthy. Lord, we come to you acknowledging just how worthy you are. By your death and resurrection, you have secured for us this hope. Renew us today. Lord, we offer to you our voices, our songs, our singing, our whole selves as a spiritual act of worship. So, Father, be glorified. Lord Jesus, you are worthy. We pray in your name. Amen.